Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Her Soulful Success Podcast. I am Diana Ricciotti, certified coach of NLP, certified timeline therapy practitioner, business mentor, and the girl who went from corporate climbing to solopreneur, replacing her full-time income working part-time hours in her business while juggling mum life. But you, my friend, can call me D because I know quite literally that we're going to become business besties. This space is for you to escape into away from the crazy hustle in your business and life to get your weekly mindset fix, your business boost, your realignment with the highest and best version of yourself and your dose of self-development. All ingredients that I believe for a soulfully successful business where abundance and fulfillment go hand in hand. Whether you're doing the nine to five grind and dreaming about there being something more out there for you, whether you're wanting to explode your side hustle, or you are already a business owner feeling maybe a little lost, stuck or overwhelmed, this podcast is designed to speak to your soul. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's podcast and level up your mindset so that you can begin living your best life. Hello, business besties, and welcome to episode 10 of the Her Soulful Success Podcast. I am your host, Diana, and I have a question for you today, beautiful souls. Have you ever felt boxed out of the investing world? Do you feel like talking stock market and shares is for men in suits on Wall Street? Do you feel like it's a topic that is usually man-splained to you? I have my hand up right now and I'm hoping this resonates with you too because if it does, you guys are about to feel inspired and motivated to take a fresh look at your finances and feel empowered to become wealthy from within. My guest today is the lovely Lisa Siri, who is not only just a fun time and great energy, but she helps women become confident investors. After 15 years of experience in investment management and creating her own wealth that allowed her to quit her corporate job and enjoy her life at 33 years of age, she is now teaching women how to grow their portfolios and their bank accounts. Cha-ching! I know you can't wait, so let's dive in. This podcast is brought to you by the Soulfully Successful Elite Mentorship a program where you get to work closely with me to start and scale your profitable online business while being part of a tight-knit sisterhood of like-minded CEOs who will support and cheer you on, where you will learn how to create more abundance in your life by working less and where you get to design a lifestyle, not just a business. This program currently comes with a bonus $2,000 breakthrough package for free. To apply and reserve a spot, head on over to the link in the show notes. Welcome everyone and a special welcome to our badass guest today. Lisa, welcome to our podcast. Hi, thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I am so pumped to have you on today. I was just saying earlier on, me and Lisa have had one strategy call together and I feel like I've known her for years. It's really weird. So I'm really pumped and really excited to have you on today. I always start with a little bit of a personal story, just so that our audience can warm up and get to know you a little bit better. How did you get to become a wealth coach and what is the transformation that women can expect after working with you? Yes. So I became a wealth coach um, really after working in the investment management industry for 
over 15 years. So just to give you some backstory, I grew up um, south of Boston, Massachusetts. I grew up in a middle class family. My parents were like extreme budgeters. <laughs> They're very frugal people <laughs> and they lived well below their means. So they were really good um, financial role models for me. And because I saw what they were doing with their money, they were able to invest in different properties and things like that, send their kids to school, to college, um, and pay for our education. So by the time I graduated from college, I was really interested in learning how to make my money work for me. What my parents weren't able to teach me was investment education. And it was like something that I heard about, but didn't really know how to access it. And then my first job out of college, I started working at a financial services company and they gave us this 35 page book right away. And it was all about investments and different investment vehicles. And I devoured it. And really that's where my passion for investing came from. Mm -hmm. And then every day I was seeing people like seeing every day I was seeing firsthand people making their money work for them. And it was really inspiring. So I began reading lots of books. I taught myself how to invest. I started dabbling in the stock market, first in my employer-sponsored retirement account, and then investing on my own. And then from there, I really just continued working in the investment management industry. I also worked in financial technology. And I was proud of myself because during my career, I climbed my way up the corporate ladder in, that, in a male-dominated industry. That was something that was very satisfying for me. So I got to the point in my career where I was a VP. My clients were the top financial institutions in the world. And I thought to myself, is this <laughs> all that there is? I just, I felt like I had achieved the things that I wanted to as a little girl. But then I was like, I don't want to just help like these massive financial institutions make more money. I want to make greater impact. Mm -hmm. So then I transitioned into being a money and investing coach for women. So um, that's how I get to where I am. And as far as the impact and transformation that women have after working with me, I really just want women to feel super confident about managing their money. Mm -hmm. And for women, money is an emotional thing. Uh, women aren't necessarily after the money. They're after the feeling that it provides, the confidence mm -hmm the security, less worry, and overall more freedom. And really that's what I help my clients achieve. I believe that every woman is wealthy within and I really just hold the mirror up to my clients and uh -huh. really allow them to tap into their power and see their potential. So that's really the transformation that they can experience after we work together. Wow. I love that. And I don't really know, I haven't met a woman that doesn't require that transformation, particularly before going into starting a business of their own, uh, but also when starting a family or just to really just live their, their best life. It, it, I truly believe this is something that all women can benefit from. And it's crazy how you mentioned getting to the top of where reaching your goals basically in the, in the corporate world and living out the corporate dream and then thinking, what the heck is, is this it? This is such a common story that I hear and also resonate with myself. And it's incredible how th this is why this podcast is all about soulful success, understanding that 
it's not about this end goal that you think that you're going to get to and acquire something and receive externally from the world and then suddenly be happy. It's more than that. And usually for women, particularly because we're such nurturers, it's about impact and really helping and serving more people and, and also feeling really aligned with you know, what we're doing in our jobs every single day, not just working towards some sort of end goal. That I love that story, Lisa. So cool. Speaking about women, what do you think are some common reasons why women struggle with feeling empowered when it comes to money, wealth and investment in particular? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is overall lack of financial literacy. It's mm-hmm. not, most of us are not taught about finances in school and if you don't have parents that are knowledgeable in that area as well it's just not something that you think about and I think overall women are also raised as little girls to play it safe so Mm -hmm. that mindset that we're taught and that social conditioning impacts us as throughout our lives so women really fear the risk of doing anything other than playing it safe with their money So Mm -hmm. women are raised to play it safe. Boys are raised to go all in, take the risks, jump without fear. And that mindset affects women's money-making decisions and just overall money decisions. And finally, I also think the fear around perfection and women fearing being imperfect, women are afraid to make mistakes with their money and do something wrong. And I think that really holds women back from really doing amazing things with their money. Yeah. I always actually see that uh, contrast between me and my uh, partner where he has always been more of a risk taker and I've always been the one that has had a lot of fear and needing to have everything planned to my own detriment sometimes because life just happens. And yeah, it's incredible. It's, It's true. You don't realize how much of that was just conditioning and how we were raised and brought up and even you know what we got taught at school I even remember going back to some of the classes that we used to have and take and how women in Australia for example from my generation anyway we had you know home economics and it was all about cooking and sewing <laughs> and you would never see of one single boy in that class one single boy while the others were doing tech studies and they were creating things and building things and doing more things that probably aligned or inspired your creativity. And I don't remember learning one single thing about shares or investment at school. What the heck is that about? Hey. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's a really globally, everyone, I, I feel like it's in a similar position where I don't know if there are certain countries that do teach financial education, but a lot of us haven't received that type of education. Yeah. So let's say, let's jump forward now. We've finished school. We might be in our late 20s, early 30s, and our 40s. And we have fallen into a cycle of feeling broke, having a really bad relationship with money. And we're feeling really disempowered around money. And we're wanting to finally take control of our wealth. Where do you start and is it ever too late? It is never too late, no. It's better to start rather than thinking that it's too late. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on where you're at in your money journey. I think two of the most important things are mindset and your overall understanding of your cash flows, meaning how your money is flowing in and flowing out every day. 
I think a good starting point for anyone is to read a book on mindset, or maybe you find an app, tap into where, because limiting beliefs come into play a lot when it comes to your money, and you learn a lot and absorb a lot of false beliefs about money by the age of 10. So it's really undoing some of those beliefs that you may have that money doesn't grow on trees or we could never afford that because those limiting beliefs affect your money decisions. So I think mindset is incredibly important. And then I would say the other thing that is really imperative is just to understand your cash flows. So maybe it's just downloading a budgeting app and tracking what you're doing with your money every day. And some people it works better with a pen and paper. Just what I have clients do sometimes depending upon where they are is just write down every expense. If you bought a coffee, write it down. And people are generally amazed just going through that exercise of putting pen to paper and wow, seeing where they're just having that wow moment of seeing where their money is going. As we live in a time of technology and we've become very disconnected with spending. Yeah, I can absolutely resonate with that. And I have done that exercise myself. And I think this is why we also avoid doing it because if we were to write down every everything that costs money today and where it goes in one day, it, it would probably give you a little bit of a scare. And then you have to go through that discomfort of prioritizing it and figuring out whether it is something that you want to keep spending your money on or whether your money is better invested somewhere else. Do you have any advice around that? Like, how do we not go into a scarcity mindset, but still be practical with our spending, our daily spending? Yeah. First of all, I think most people are stuck in a scarcity mindset when it comes to money. So it's a matter of overcoming that and giving yourself a pep talk about money if you need to. Mm -hmm. um, and I recognize that it can be triggering to do a financial audit and look at your cash flows. That's a harsh reality for a lot of people. But what I would say about that is just recognize that's a starting point and it's totally okay wherever you are because you're committing to improving. I would say that each, every person's situation is a little bit different. And some people say to save three to six months worth of expenses in an emergency savings. I'm more on like the four to eight month range of that. But I think overall, going back to your question of how can you feel empowered, I think that it starts with micro habits. And mm -hmm. we all know that habits are hard to form. So I just think with money, um, always expressing gratitude when money flows into your life. So even if it's mm -hmm. the smallest amount of money, that's huge. That helps in overcoming a scarcity mindset, giving yourself a pep talk, like I mentioned, when it comes to money, and then just taking the small actions and recognizing that it's the smallest amounts of spending that really add up and put you living over your means, most people anyway, rather than living beneath your means. So really just looking at where you're spending money. I find that so many people spend so much more money when they're shopping for food at the store. Mm -hmm. And that's usually a place that people start and recognize that they can usually cut their grocery bill in half. So mm -hmm. just those, you can start anywhere and really mm -hmm. just finding, I think tapping into what's meaningful to you. Like, are mm -hmm. you spending money in meaningful ways? And I think that's a lot about what I teach my clients and my students is to 
spend in a soulful way and make sure that your spending is aligned with your values. Because if you spend everywhere, you end up overspending. I love that. Spending in an aligned way and in a meaningful way. And what I think has helped me before is when looking at the things that we're spending, where we're, you know, throwing our money around on unmeaningful things or things that aren't aligned with our values, rather than saying to yourself things like, I can't afford that. It, actually, a previous money mindset coach that I've interviewed had mentioned this as well. It's about just rephrasing how you think, reframing how you think about that. It's not about, I can't afford it because that's stepping into that uh, scarcity mindset. It's more saying this isn't a priority right now, or I've got better or higher, more important priorities right now. Do you think that's something that that would be helpful when reevaluating your spending as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely mm -hmm. recognizing what's not a value. I always say find four things that you really value. Look up a core values list and make sure that you're spending in ways that align with those four values. Mm -hmm. And when, then you'll start to recognize if something's not a priority for you. So yeah, reframing that limiting belief of I can't afford it into it's not a priority or you just start letting go of things that aren't really in alignment with mm -hmm. what you want to spend money on. Yeah, I love that. That's the first time I've really heard that advice language that way as well. So you really get clear on your values is what I'm hearing and then reevaluate your spending and make sure that when you are spending money that it's aligned with those values. And I always say to people, get a coach's advice on actually establishing your values as well because I know when I've worked with clients and I do a value alignment assessment that a lot of the time the values you think are true to you aren't necessarily your true core values. I'm just yeah welcome anyone to message me um or get some advice around that and how to get really clear on your true core values so then you can become more aligned when you're spending money that's really great advice lisa i love that i know that majority of the women listening to the podcast today are either starting their businesses or thinking about starting one what advice would you give to them on managing money early in the beginning stages of your business yeah so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I a hard one. Can, it is a hard one because there's two aspects, right? There's your business finances, then you have your personal finances. So yes. I think in terms of when you're starting your business, something really simple to do right from the beginning is to have a separate bank account for your business expenses uh -huh. and don't intermingle your business and personal expenses. And then make sure that you're doing bookkeeping at least monthly when you're starting. You usually don't have a lot of expenses right up front. And then once you progress, you can hire a bookkeeper. And then from there, know when to bring on an accountant because an accountant's going to help you with the task. An accountant's going to help you with the tax aspect of mm -hmm. things. But you can seek out a money coach to help you with the overview of your finances and where you can really manage your money overall. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to still invest in your business while still saving or paying off debt? So this is where you're trying to get into that balance of you know, starting a business and the purpose of if you're starting your business is that you're wanting to create an income, particularly if women are starting side hustles or MLM companies, for example, as well. And they're in that predicament of, well, should I be investing in my business or should I be paying off my debt first? What would your advice be there? Yeah, I would say that everyone's situation is a little bit unique, but as long as you have income coming in from a corporate job or something like that, 
I think it's okay to invest in your business. What you want to pay attention to is what type of debt do you have? Do you have a lot, do you have a lot of credit card debt, high interest credit card debt? Because you don't want to be piling on more high interest debt. So mm -hmm. is there a way that you can get a business loan with a low interest rate or, or invest in yourself while also putting, not putting yourself into higher interest debt because you, you want to avoid high interest debt because that's just going to put you in a hole. So yeah, really look for ways that you can still invest in yourself it, because it's really important, but also not put yourself into high interest debt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really great advice. What about some practical daily advice that you would give to women to manage their daily income and expenses? Yeah, I think the best thing with daily income and expenses, if you're just starting out, is to download an, an app that you can see your cash flows. It's also great to turn on notifications for your credit cards so you're aware of purchases. I also think that it's important overall just to have a pulse on your money. And that happens when you end up turning on notifications and uh, looking at your not being afraid to look at your bank account every few days or something like that. That's a small step that you can take so that you're comfortable and not avoiding your finances altogether. So those micro habits will really get you more comfortable with the day to day mm -hmm. and working on your finances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. What about sticking to a wealth plan? So I, I know that you, I, I would, imagine that when working with you, you would have, you would walk away with some sort of plan of action, something, uh, a way to increase your wealth and to have a better money mindset. Having a plan is one thing, but I know in the past I've created budgets and plans and not always stuck to them. And I have learned it was work that I had to do personally with my subconscious mind where I had created some bad habits, also some underlying fears were not serving me well. And when it came to spending and saving yeah, it was just a bit of a mess, really. <laughs> and I would ne was never able to stick to any sort of plan that I set out for myself. I used to be a rigid budgeter and I would write out like a monthly spending and expenses plan, but I could never, ever stick to it. Do you have any advice, mindset advice or advice on staying motivated when creating a financial plan for yourself and sticking to it? Yes, that's a great question. I think that there comes a point in your life where you're just ready to become an adult when it comes to your finances, right? Like you have to get it together. A lot of that is understanding your mindset that, that's very important. And also, I think it just, it depends on a person's personality because there are people that respond really well to budgeting. There are others that don't. And to be honest, I'm not a budgeter. My parents were extreme budgeters. So I feel like I went the opposite direction with that. Mm -hmm. And instead, what I generally teach to clients and my students is to instead bucket your money and to allocate your income in a certain way so that you're almost providing yourself with an allowance whenever you get paid and you're spending money only from that account. Mm -hmm. So I think that if budgeting isn't something that feels good to you, there's a different way to still achieve what you want to, as long as you have a good understanding of your cash flows. Yeah. Love that. 
And what about investing? When should we start investing? And would you start after you have paid off your debts before? Is it ever too late to start investing? And how much do you need? Like how much money do you need to have saved in order to start investing? Yeah, so it's never too late to start investing. And the best time to start is yesterday. The best time to start is today. So I would say overall that you can invest there's a common misconception that you need to be wealthy to invest and you do not. You can start investing with $5 if you want to. And I think that it depends on your personal situation with debt. It again, if it's high interest debt, if it's not high interest debt, because then there's a balance. And I think that if you are a woman who is working for an employer and they offer an employer plan, and they offer you a match up to a certain, um, they offer you a match up until a certain amount with their mm-hmm. retirement plan. You can definitely invest that way and take advantage of that. Also, I, I will probably, I'm probably someone that goes against grain and saying that if you, even if you have a bit of debt that you can still start, that you can still start investing with a little bit amount of money because time in the market is so important due to the power of compound interest. Mm-hmm. So even if it's $10 that you're investing every week or every two weeks, I don't think that takes that much away from the amount of debt that you're paying off and mm-hmm. you're putting money to work in the stock market. Yeah, it's really a toss up where you're, it's a, it's a cost analysis essentially, or mm-hmm. really looking at, okay, how much interest realistically am I gonna make in the stock market versus what's my credit card interest or something like that. So I think that's where it gets personal to each person. I personally have always had a credit card that's very low in interest. I don't know how that happened, but it's in the US, an average rate of return on investments is about 8%. If you Mm -hmm. invest in stocks, generally a little higher. And my credit card interest rate is, uh, I think it's about seven and a half percent. So for me, um, I was always okay with leaving a little bit of money in my credit card. Yeah. Um, because I knew I could get a greater return in the stock market. So I think that's where it comes down to, okay, what's what interest am I paying on my credit card versus the interest I'm going to get investing? Yeah. So it's really just about outweighing the interest that you're going to get versus the interest you're going to spend um, when making that decision. We've got a really great Aussie author of a book here in Australia, The Barefoot Investor, and here explains some really basic things around investing in his book. And there's like a long-term account that you can put money away, particularly if you want to lock away some money for 10 years, for example. And the, the compound interest on that is crazy, especially if you you are continuously putting money into the account every single year. For example, if your, your child was born and you want to give, gift them with a house deposit when they're 21, this is a way to go. And um, he and you don't have to pay any capital gains tax on this kind of investment either. So that would far outweigh some of the, like the compound interest you would get paid on that would far outweigh any interest that you pay on a credit card as well. Yeah, really great advice. I know personally, I have always wanted to invest in the stock market but I've also felt like it was very much something for men in suits on Wall Street. And personally, I've always felt a little intimidated by the whole process. Is it as scary and complex as it seems? No. (laughs) And I think investing is designed 
to make women feel that way. And that's uh, why I do what I do because investing is not just a rich white man's game or thing to partake in. Investing is as much for women as it is for men. And I feel like there's so many, there's so much of the, there's so much masculinity, just the undertone about investing and complex uh, language that you can strip out from investing in order to make it much more simple. No, it's not as complex. And really, it's essential for women to be investing because of just the gender wealth gap, the fact that women earn less than men, and the fact that women start investing later. It depends where in the world you live. But on average, women get to retirement globally between with, they get to retirement with half a million to a million dollars less than men. Wow, that is crazy crazy than is the work that you do then because yeah i'm waiting for lisa to um launch a course on investing she's got a beautiful course um running at the moment called wealthy within and she'll talk about that shortly but i'm waiting for her to just like an eager little child waiting for a lollipop at a store to launch this course about learning to invest because i feel so much more comfortable learning about this and i just have this bit like more trust in learning about this from another female entrepreneur who has done it. And I feel like we just language things differently and it's with more of a feminine energy to it as well. So I love the work that you do, Lisa. It's really great advice. Now let's talk solopreneur to solopreneur. And I ask every guest this question as I feel like it is really valuable. If you were to go back and tell the you that was just starting your business, just a word of advice, what would it be? That's a great question. I think if I were just starting out, I would tell myself not to play small and to go all in and to be willing to take the risks and not fear because the world needs your gifts. Uh So whatever your business is, the world needs your gifts. And there are people that are going to connect to you and benefit from your gifts. So don't hesitate sharing what you have to offer with the world. Mm -hmm. Love that really great advice as well. Now, Lisa, I know that uh, there are going to be other women like me that want to get to know you better, learn from you, potentially work with you and just come within proximity of you online. So could you tell our audience where they can find you, where you enjoy hanging out, maybe how they can work with you in any freebie special offers or programs that you have out now or are running? Tell us about how we can work with you some more. Yeah, sure. So you can find me. I'm mostly on Instagram. It's my name, Lisa Siri underscore. And I do offer different freebies. I actually have a fun money personality quiz. And I offer an overview of what I talk about in my Wealthy Within program. It's just a breakdown of my freebie is a breakdown of mindset and how to really begin making your money work for you. And the My main program, my signature program, is an eight-week program where I work with a small group of women. I teach women how to overcome mindset blocks, the basics of investing, learning how to create wealth for yourself. What I generally say is with my program and what I do, since I focus more on wealth creation, generally there are money coaches that work on the money basics with paying off debt and all of those things. And I'm really like the next level up where 
you're confident that you're confident with debt. You usually have money in savings. You're ready to put some money to work. And that's where I come in with the investment education, teach you how to grow your wealth and yeah, really make your money work for you. So that's what my Wealthy Within program teaches. It's an amazing program. I'm so proud of it. And they're amazing women in the program. And then also I'm coming out with an investing course, a self-paced course in the fall, late summer, early fall. So that's exciting. I'm Yay. excited about that. And I think that's the one that you're waiting for. Yes, I'm on the wait list. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so mostly I hang out on Instagram for now. My, I'm getting my YouTube channel up and running. Uh, and you can also connect with me on, on LinkedIn too. There are people that are only on LinkedIn. Yes. Oh my gosh. Love that, Lisa. I'm sure that our audience members will be jumping straight to those links that we will have in our show notes as well. Now, just a last thought. I really love asking other female entrepreneurs this question, a favorite book, a book recommendation, because I know that a lot of our gals in this podcast love a good read. What is a book that you would recommend? Whether it is, it can be a book for entrepreneurs or it could be a money mindset or a wealth, wealth mindset book. Yes. Great question. Actually, I'm going to pause for a second because I have to look up the name of the book. <laughs> We always do this, actually. Um, <laughs> like, what's, I'm terrible with remember, remembering names of books. Yes, great question. A book that I absolutely love is called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker, mm -hmm. which is a really great book. I, when I first started learning about finance, I read books by Susie Orman. And I know that she's, probably a lot of millennials haven't read books by her. She was someone that was influential in my life. Um, someone else that I really like, the book is I Will Teach You to Be Rich is an amazing mm -hmm. book. But yeah, that's it in terms of finance books. And I think, gosh, in terms of books for entrepreneurs, I do love the book, You're a Badass at Making Money. That's a great one. I already like the title. I'm all about that. that yeah, that one's, that one's more about mindset. Yeah. I love those books. Yeah, that's a great one for entrepreneurs. Millionaires. By Jen, by Jen Cicero, I think it is. Amazing. That's so great. Thank you so much, Lisa. I've read The Millionaire Mindset myself, and I think that is definitely a staple. I feel like that's a staple for anybody that is wanting to up-level their, yeah, just their money mindset. And I love that when I speak to wealth coaches, it, it really does come down to first getting that mindset right before looking at the strategies and the steps you're going to take logistically to increase your wealth. Loved having you on today, Lisa. So much value here. We've learned so much. We really appreciate your time and I'll make sure that I add all the links to your pages and any book recommendations too into our show notes. Loved having you on today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Thank you so much. You guys have a lovely rest of the day and I'll see you in the next episode. Hey, business bestie. Thank you so much for choosing to tune into the Her Soulful Success podcast. 
Don't forget to check out the show notes for all of the links, including my private Facebook group community, Passion to Profit, where I share even more free content, freebies, and live events for the ambitious business babe. If you loved what you heard today, you're going to love what I have in store for you. Everything from creating beautiful brandy, money mindset and wealth, nutrition for optimal energy and mood, to energy healing and anxiety management. I got you. I am covering like all of the things to support you on your journey to soulful success. So that you don't miss out on future episodes, don't forget to click subscribe and share the podcast with your tribe. If you share it on your socials, don't forget to tag me so that I can say hi and thank you personally.